Hello, my rebels. Today, I take a second look at David Cochran, the CBC government journalist, who not only was defending Justin Trudeau and his decision not to take any questions from the media, but actually took a gift of poutine from Trudeau and thanked him on camera. I, I show you the video from a few angles. I, I think you're going to get a kick out of this. And, and my podcast friends, I wish you could see this because you got to see the smile on his face. You got to see this happy puppy pleasing his master. Oh, you got to see the video version of it, which you can see as a premium subscriber. It's eight bucks a month, 80 bucks a year. You even get a discount if you enter the coupon code podcast. Just go to the rebel.media slash shows. You got to see it. Oh my God, it's unbelievable. You also get access to Sheila Gunn Reed's show and David Menzies' show, so I hope you do it. Okay, here's the podcast. Tonight, a bizarre case study of the media party manipulating the election campaign. It's September 17th, and this is The Ezra Levant Show. Why should others go to jail when you're a biggest carbon consumer I know? There's 8,500 customers here, and you won't give them an answer. The only thing I have to say to the government about why I publish it is because it's my bloody right to do so. Yesterday, I told you about this guy, David Cochran. He's a government journalist working at Trudeau's CBC state broadcaster. You know the type. Like Rosemary Barton, just not even pretending to be a real reporter, a government reporter. Cochran had spent days on the liberal campaign bus, but not asking any questions. I mean, that's liable to get a CBC journalist in trouble. He literally asked no questions at all for two days. Because no reporters on the Liberal campaign bus were allowed to ask questions for two days. What's the point of being on a Liberal campaign bus if you're not allowed to ask questions? Well, Cochrane humiliated himself by defending Trudeau's silence. He said it was fine. He said Trudeau was really busy. I mean, they were moving really fast. So that explained it. He was so mocked for that comment that he actually deleted that tweet. I'm sorry I didn't manage to take a screenshot of that one first. But you can see a trace of it in the reply to him by Norman Spector, who repeated the phrase, they are focusing on rapid movement through ridings on Saturday and Sunday. <laughs> that was Cochrane's explanation. So to recap, you've got this utterly submissive liberal government journalist at Trudeau's CBC state broadcaster. He's not just passively doing pro-Trudeau stories. He's actually defending Trudeau's media conduct as in Trudeau not taking questions for days, he's defending that to other journalists. So he's actually indistinguishable from the liberal press secretaries. He's making excuses for Trudeau. He's being passive aggressive to anyone who is appalled by his submissiveness. It's really bad. And then this video clip surfaces of him just utterly, utterly allowing himself to be treated like a good little puppy, a good boy, being rewarded by his master. Take a look at this clip. This was on Twitter yesterday. David Cochran is the bald fellow being a good boy. Trudeau is the guy giving him free food and a pat on the head and saying, liberals always take care of the CBC good boys. Yes, <laughs> for you, David. This is for you. No, 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 no. For me? Hey, the Liberal Party always supports the CBC. Now, that video went viral on Twitter. It was so incredible. And then, poof, 
it just disappeared. Just like that Cochrane tweet that had said, hey, you guys, stop being mean to Trudeau. He's been rushing around, so he literally hasn't had time to answer a single question. You guys stop being mean to Justin. That tweet just disappeared, and so did the Twitter video I just showed you. Just deleted from Twitter. What happened? Well, in this case, it wasn't the CBC that nuked it, that we know of. Global News apparently did. They're the ones who recorded it. You could see the little logo on the bottom. Now, why would they delete that from Twitter? Don't they like their work going viral? It had their logo on it. Isn't that great for them? I mean, they weren't making any money off it, of course, but you don't tend to on Twitter. Everybody uploads content and shares it for free. Why would Global take that down? Gee whiz, why would Global take down their video that embarrassed Trudeau and the CBC? that showed the cozy relationship between the liberals and the media? Why would Global take that down? I wonder why. Of course, Global happens to be the same hard-hitting investigative team that asked Trudeau the shampoo question. The one that the entire country wants to know. What shampoo do you use? <laughs> what a disappointing answer this is going to be. Whatever happens to be hanging around at the time. Tom Clark's another good boy. Now, eventually, Global did upload a version of the clip again, but it's strange they uploaded one from a different angle, one that obscures the interaction a bit, made it a little bit less obsequious, hid David Cochran a little bit, and, of course, the thousands of people who had retweeted the earlier video, that was all nullified. You go to any of those retweets, it's just blank. So just a handful of people even saw the new version, this one. For you, David. No, 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 no. Me? Hey, Liberal Party always supports the same Hmm. Now, it was still an excruciating interaction, but why did Global delete their first one? Why would they do that? Why were they embarrassed by it? They published it. Well, let's play a longer clip from Global of the interaction. I think this is the, the worst one of all. For you, David. This is for you. No, 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 no. For me? Hey. The Liberal Party always supports the CBC. <laughs> oh, who's going to taste no, it? Who's that? We want to slow him down. <laughs> Look at that, eh? The pure joy on the face of David Cochran, the good boy. Good boy. He felt loved like any good boy would feel loved because the sun prince was shining down upon him that day. He was loved by his master, Justin Trudeau, not just with a smile and a compliment, but Trudeau gave him something. It was a small token. But even the smallest token from a royal prince must be cherished forever. Do you doubt that this little trinket is tucked away in Rosemary Barton's hope chest hidden under her bed? You doubt that Paul Wells and Althea Raj take this picture of them, take it out from time to time and look at it and smile to themselves when they're feeling down, maybe run a bubble bath for themselves, a glass of wine, get in there and just Look at this picture a little bit. Relax, put on some music. 
For a moment there, they were with the cool kid. They were loved by royalty. Just for a moment. I think David Cochran had the best day of his life yesterday. And he didn't even realize he was being manipulated, laughed at, mocked by Trudeau. It's that pickup artist move he has. Trudeau close hugs, touches, mauls, pats, gropes any woman he wants to psychologically dominate. He'll even put his hand on the bum of the governor general. What? Because she didn't know which way to walk without it. She needed Trudeau's hand on her ass. Here's 19-year-old Bianca Andreescu being touched repeatedly by Trudeau, a man of almost 50 years. Oh my God. Oh my God. That chest-to-chest hug. Put that last one back up there. If this was your 19-year-old daughter, and this was nearly a fi- the last one, a 50-year-old man who had just, look at that. Look at that. What the hell is that? Now, Trudeau wasn't close enough to David Cochran to do that, a full front-to-front hug at the moment. He does do close hugs with men, too. I mean, I have to say, this is a close hug. And the one with Emmanuel Macron, that's a very close hug. Who greets another man like that? I think it's weird. But he didn't do it right then with Cochran. If you notice, Cochran's hands were full and and there was a table in between them. They couldn't embrace. So he used his actions and his words. Trudeau gave a gift to Cochran, who took it and immediately ate it. He, He actually put his cell phone away so he could eat it and show Trudeau just how grateful he was for the free poutine. He didn't say thank you and put it down as an inappropriate gift to be taking from a partisan person he's covering. No, no, no. He, 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 re, he put his cell phone over, he, he rearranged it, he took it, and immediately ate it to seal the deal. I'm a good boy. I'm a good boy. I, I mean, why not? <laughs> What's the difference between taking 1.5 billion tax dollars for the CBC or taking a $5 poutine? They're, they're both little bribes. They're both trinkets from the prince. Cochrane was just so lust, lustily into it, like a virgin bride on his wedding night. But you know how Trudeau works. If he's dominant, he doesn't like to be subtle about it. He rubs it in a bit. Like when those aboriginal protesters from Grassy Narrows crashed his fundraiser, remember that? It wasn't enough for Trudeau to dominate and have them taken out physically handled. He had to rub it in. Thanks for your donation. Thanks for your donation. Remember that? Thank you. Thank you for being here. Thank you very much for your donation tonight. I really appreciate the uh, donation to the Liberal Party of Canada. He kept saying it. He got the crowd cheering with him, jeering. <laughs> Those stupid aboriginals from Grassy Narrows. <laughs> Thanks for your donation, guys. Get out now. (laughs) Or even when Trudeau was explaining, remember this years ago? Remember he explained why in that boxing match almost a decade ago with his Aboriginal opponent, why he wanted to cut off the ponytail of him. He wanted to rub it in, remember, to humiliate him. And he wanted everyone to be crystal clear why he was doing it. Remember this. 
You know, we're both known for our long hair on the hill. Uh, let's let's say the loser gets a haircut. Um, he resisted back a little bit, you know, pointing out that hair has a cultural significance for First Nations peoples. And I said, uh, I know that's why I proposed it. When a warrior cuts his hair, it's a sign of shame. So it's uh, it's very apropos. Yeah. That's what Trudeau did here. He wanted everyone to know who was the master and who was the servant. For you, David. This is for you. No, 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 no. For me? Hey. The Liberal Party always supports the CBC. <laughs> <laughs> oh, who's going to chase him? No, who's that? We want to slow him down. He's just a Yeah, Trudeau was saying, you're smiling, David Cochran, and I'm pretending to be friends with you, but they're not friends. To Trudeau, Cochran's just a useful little pawn for the moment. And Trudeau had to make sure that Cochran knew it, that Cochran was enjoying Trudeau's beneficence. He's the giver. Cochran was just taking little gifts from Trudeau without any shame. Look how happily he took it. Cochrane just spent days defending how Trudeau was hiding from journalistic questions. He utterly debased himself. He was literally defending Trudeau to other journalists. And now he just took a little gift from Trudeau on camera. And he immediately took a bite of a good boy on camera just to show his submission because he's a good boy. But it's not enough. Trudeau wanted to rub it in, point out how those liberals pay off those CBC types. Thank you for your donation. That's how Trudeau works, psychological manipulation. It's why when people finally, finally fall out of love with him, oh, they fall hard. I mentioned Paul Wells before. That photo of him and Althea Raj was when they were both deeply in love with Trudeau. Althea Raj still is. That's why she's on the debate moderator panel, but Paul Wells ain't. Yeah. Paul Wells has fallen out of love. He wrote this cover story, The Imposter. It was really about Paul Wells and how he felt he was fooled. He was tricked by Trudeau. It stings, doesn't it? David Cochran is still in love. Trudeau is psychologically manipulating him, dominating him, lording it over him, rubbing it in, and Cochran doesn't even realize it. Unlike Paul Wells, I don't think Cochran will actually fall out of love or at least admit it because his job is 100% paid for by Trudeau, unlike Paul Wells, whose job is only partly paid for by Trudeau. Cochrane is bought. Paul Wells was only rented. That's how Trudeau operates. I wonder what the ordinary Canadian thinks of Trudeau, but also of Cochrane, and also of Global News trying so, so, so hard to hide this whole thing from Canadian voters. Stay with us for more. back. Well, I have to say, I think that the media is as much a story in this campaign as the party candidates themselves. If you've had a chance to visit our website, campaign2019.com, you'll see that we here, the rebel, think that taking on the media establishment, especially the CBC state broadcaster, is just as important as the partisan battle 
that Andrew Scheer or Maxime Bernier are waging against Justin Trudeau and the Liberals. Joining me now is an interesting columnist. She works for one of the largest media companies in Canada, Post Media, but she is very much one of us, and by that I mean an independent thinker, a dissident against the politically correct establishment, and boy does she get the lefties mad. That's all I need to know, to know that Sue <laughs> Ann Levy is my friend, and it's great to see you. Thanks <laughs> for coming to see in the you. studio today. Great to see you. Well, tell me what you think of the election so far. In some ways, all the parties got off to a stumbling start. I mean, yes. Trudeau's campaign bus bumped into his campaign plane. Yeah. Um, there were more revelations about SNC-Lavalin and the RCMP. I think everyone sort of stumbled out of the gate, but it's been about a week now. How is it looking to you, the candidates and the media? Well, I think, first of all, I'll say the real surprise in all of this is how thoughtful Andrew Scheer has been. And I've been a very harsh critic of Andrew Scheer, that I didn't think he has been tough enough on the issues that consume or concern Canadians, like illegal immigration, the economy, things like that. Um, he's talked about it, but um, he's not been forceful enough, let's put it that way. But I've been listening to him over the last week, and I think he's very thoughtful. He is not uh, particularly passionate, but he's thoughtful, and he's just a decent, kind uh, man, and he comes across that way. And so he's been a pleasant surprise. Uh, I, Can I interrupt you, and I'm sorry yeah. to do so. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I, I wouldn't think that's the surprise, because he's always been nice and kind in his style. Yeah. But is he is what he's saying powerful enough to get people's attention? Well, the problem is, as you said, the um, mainstream media is bent, hell-bent and determined to paint him as some sort of uh, devil, uh, complete with horns. So I don't think that he is getting the coverage that he deserves. And, you know, if there was ever evidence, Ezra, of a media double standard, uh, boy, and I've been the subject of it many times, it is in this campaign. And I see it already right out of the gate. Well, let me ask you one more question about Andrew Scheer, because it's interesting to me, because I know you love talking about those issues that the rest of the establishment doesn't. Mm. You talk about open borders immigration. Mm -hmm. You broke a lot of news about these urban refugee camps in Toronto mm -hmm. stashed away in the hotels. So, um, uh, look, I don't think there's any dispute that Andrew Scheer comes across as a nice guy. Mm -hmm. And I, I just, I, I want to know if he's been at all inspiring or if his message is sharp enough. Because Mitt Romney was a nice guy. Yes. But that's one of the reasons he got his clock clean. Yes. Well, listen, I, you know, I think he's thoughtful and maybe nice is, you know, that is what he presented as when he ran as leader. Um, but he is not getting his message across as strongly as he could because he needs to be more insistent, more forceful. Look at what's happening close south of the border with Trump. You know, love him or hate him, the media, you know, covers him. And, and I think he's very sharp in terms of uh, portraying the Democratic Party and the kinks in the Democratic Party, particularly those very anti-Semitic congresswomen. Mm -hmm. And he does it in a very sharp way. Uh, Andrew Scheer is almost too nice. Um, and that's the problem. Well, you know, I, I like your analogy. Trump really locked on to the oh. squad yeah. and Ilhan Omar and others yeah. to show how radical they are. 
Justin Trudeau has that same problem that the Democrats have. There are some very anti-Semitic candidates. Mm -hmm. One has been dropped by the party, Hassan Guillet, mm -hmm. but there's others that the Liberals haven't dropped yet. Mm. Maybe I'm missing it, but so far it seems like the only opposition war room, opposition research war room, by that I mean digging up embarrassing mm -hmm. stuff on the mm -hmm. other side, the Liberals are going full tilt at it. Mm -hmm. I don't see sheer really no. zinging the liberals the no. way Trump zings the Democrats. No, and, and you're absolutely right. So when I say nice, too nice, I think he's thoughtful. What the surprise has been is that he's been, th you know, I think he's very thoughtful on issues mm. and he knows his stuff. Problem is that their war room is not coming back with uh, making people aware that there are chinks in the armor mm -hmm. of Justin Trudeau. And there is plenty, mm -hmm. plenty of ammunition. My goodness, where do we begin? Yeah. Well, I mean, and you know the voters are very forgetful. You know that they only remember what happened three days ago. Yeah. I mean, let me give you something that you and I were just talking about before we turned the camera on. This young teenage uh, sports hero mm -hmm. comes to Toronto, victory yeah. celebration, and Trudeau there mm -hmm. mugging for the cameras. You can't blame Trudeau for mugging for the cameras, and I suppose the Prime Minister, even in a campaign, it, I, I wouldn't object to him being there and trying to get a hold of her buzz. Uh -huh. But he physically, like he's a 48-year-old man, 47, 48-year-old man, uh -huh. and he's touching and close. Inner like, space, yeah. yeah. A 19-year-old girl, uh -huh. and it just doesn't stop with the touchy, gropey, huggy, kissy, nose to, like, Nose to nose, this far away, and hands on. A group. I, I would never touch one of my kids' friends, male or female, because you never know what someone mm -hmm. like. It's just it's not. But even he because, gets away with well, it. Well, that's the thing. That's the thing that drives me crazy. I mean, it's it's creepy, but it's yeah. also for a normal person, it would be litigation or allegations, mm -hmm. and he does it in plain sight, and everyone around him says, "Oh." Um, I guess it's okay when you do it. And this is a 19-year-old girl who was clearly sort of squirming. Uncomfortable, and, yeah. and Well, that's the media double standard. If so that nobody, was Trump, I mean, you mentioned yeah. Trump, that was Trump doing that? Oh, my God. Holy moly. There would be an inquiry, a hearing, yeah. whatever. He'd be impeached, you know, calls to impeach him. That's the media double standard that nobody points out. Hmm. in the mainstream media that that is inappropriate. Well, and he knows he can get away with it. Well, that's the crazy part. Let me ask you, um, who, who's, who in the media has anyone, I mean, I love the Toronto Star. I think you're the best paper in the country. Mm -hmm. uh, you mean the sun, don't you? I, I, I apologize. I meant to say that. I meant <laughs> like to your say tongue. My tongue said the star. I meant to say the Toronto Sun. Of course I meant that. That's where you're from, and it's the truth. Jeez, uh, I don't know why I said the star. The star is really the worst. Yeah. And, and they admit they're taking $115,000 a week Mm -hmm. from the federal government. So mm -hmm. I think they would be just as leftist even if they weren't on the yeah. payroll. It comes naturally to them. The sun is the toughest, brawlingest yeah. newspaper in the country. And if I were right. to, to choose any newspaper in the country to work for, that's culturally a fit for me and I think a lot of our rebel viewers. And I, I, it's replicated in other Sun newspapers across the country, Calgary Sun, great scrappy paper. Mm. Other than the Toronto Sun, is anyone called, like where are the feminists calling out Trudeau for the gropiness? Where, where are the people who would follow up on SNC-Lavalin. There has been not a single question put to Justin Trudeau in four days mm -hmm. 
by any journalist about SNC-Lavalin and Jody Wilson-Raybould saying the RCMP uh, met with her. Not one question on this subject in four days. Last point, and I'm throwing this all at you, but I'd, I'd mm. like your response to all this. Where are the journalists? We saw one of the liberals on the campaign bus, David Cochran is his name, actually defending Trudeau mm -hmm. for not asking questions, saying, oh, he's been really busy. And then look at this quick clip of the same David Cochran smiling and taking a free poutine from Trudeau, mm. laughing about it, accepting it, and just going along with the Trudeau campaign pantomime instead of saying, thanks for the poutine boss, but can you answer me a question about Jody Wilson-Raybould? Here, take a quick look at that clip. He was joking. He, he, that was his comfort zone. He loved being one of the guys on the Liberal campaign team that David Cochran. Well, I'm not picking on him. They're all that way. No, but that's the problem, Ezra, and as outsiders looking in, as we are, and I'm darn proud of it, I must say, um, that is, you know, the fatal downfall of the media in the states, that they want to be part of the A-team, um, and they perceive the A-team as being the Democrats, Hillary Clinton. They grossly, grossly under underestimated Donald Trump. Yeah. And I think they're doing the same thing in Canada. And unfortunately, I'm watching the same thing unfold, that they all want to be part of this so-called A-team. It's a lot easier. They're lazy journalists, a lot easier to be part. You don't get any pushback. And you feel cool. And you feel like you you're just like one you're of, the of the guys. Yeah. You know, that's the thing. You ask a tough question of a politician, Mm -hmm. And their face changes immediately. You know you've and you they know put you down personally. And, and I've had that happen yeah. many times. Well, I mean, it's it's a difficult thing to look a politician in the eye this close and ask a question that you mm -hmm. know pricks them. But mm -hmm. that is one of the things journalists have to do. Let me ask you about what I regard as the best news of the week. And I, I a lot, our viewers, I think, mm -hmm. are split between Andrew Shear, the conservative, mm -hmm. and Maxime Bernier, the ex-conservative PPC. Right. I think right. if I had to s sum up our viewers. Those who support Bernier say, geez, I wish he wasn't a splittist, but he sure does elocute a lot of these issues, free speech, political correctness, open borders, immigration, mm -hmm. uh, taking on the theory of man-made global warming. So they like his charm, his style, and his toughness on the issues. The Andrew Scheer supporters say, look, Scheer may not be the most charismatic guy, but he's the only one who can beat Trudeau. I'm ha halfway in between them. Can but we I, morph the two together? Well, yeah, they, I think they yeah. should have stayed together and yeah. been like a Batman and Robin kind of yeah. thing, or Robin and Batman. But I think the best news of the week was that Maxine Bernier will now be in the official debates. And I think that perhaps, or I hope, that it'll raise the issues that I've been bemoaning. That's why I'm excited. Uh, about illegal immigrants, illegal migrants crossing the border. And God forbid, you know, I have taken a lot of blo body blows for mentioning the word refugees and the impact that they've had on big cities like Toronto, yeah. and certainly out west as well, and uh, Justin Trudeau's inability to deal with the uh, flow of migrants coming across the border. And I think that, you know, uh, Andrew Scheer seems almost afraid. Oh, he's not almost afraid. Paralyzed. That was, you know, yeah. I should tell you, the last conversation I ever had with Andrew Scheer was on our show. Oh. I asked him about 
immigration five times in a row. Mm -hmm. And he hated it and hated it. And he hated the fact that I had four supplemental questions. Yeah. He never talked to me again. Mm -hmm. And he, I know Andrew Scheer well enough mm -hmm. to know that he's a conservative on, the, on these issues. Mm -hmm. But he has made the choice that he'd never dare say that in public for fear of being devoured by the CBC. That's why I like Evan But you're Bernier. not playing to the CBC. Well, and that's is. what he needs to he, learn. His staff is He's never going to get support of the CBC. Well, that's years. what's so weird is he's obeying them. Mm -hmm. But he's not getting anything in return. They're not going easy on him. They'll never go easy on him. Well, they just love the fact he's surrendering in advance. Well, this is this is the great, you know, disconnect with Andrew Shearer that he doesn't understand. These are not his voters. Yeah. You've got to appeal throw meat to the people that are going to vote for you and the people who are in the middle who are swaying. And there are plenty of people in the middle who aren't sure. He's got to show a tough a tough face about these issues. And that is why Maxine Bernier being in the debates is a wonderful yeah. for the conservative cause because he will elevate these issues and maybe light a firecracker under Andrew Scheer. My hope, and I've said this since the beginning when Bernier split away, is that he would show that there, if you create this excitement around an issue, conservatives will come there and maybe she will say, oh, well, let me keep those voters from splitting away by shoring up my own party. Yeah. That's the ideal outcome. I mean, I don't like the splitism either, but if Maxime Bernier will make Andrew Scheer get tougher, that's a win for everybody, and I'm glad we're Absolutely. talking about these issues. Absolutely. Well, listen, we're still in very early days in the campaign. We have yet to see the liberals truly drop the gloves, and even worse, we have yet to see the 100-plus third-party campaign groups, the environmental groups, the, mm -hmm. the teachers' unions, the government unions really deploy. I think it's going to be brutal. Well, you know, just judging from the first week and the, just the childish little petty nonsense that has come out of the Trudeau campaign about, you know, uh, Shear's connections with so-called white supremacists, I, I mean, it's just, it's just the high school. Yeah. It's really stupid. Well, I mean, uh, I think they're the CBC seems to be lapping it up. So, so far, mission accomplished. Well, they're, the, the they're, liberal they're returning what they've got. Yeah. They're, they're paying their, paying back what they, you know. The, the truth. Yeah. Well, Swan, it's great to see you. And mm. you are, you and our buddy Joe Warmington and mm. Anthony Fury, outstanding columnists. They're all at the Toronto Sun, really. Thank so you, you guys are the last bastion. And I hope you stay strong. I know there's a lot of pressure on you and on your bosses mm -hmm. from the left to mm -hmm. shut up and stop talking the way you do. You're the last hope in what I would call the mainstream-ish mm -hmm. media. I mean, the sun is pretty mainstream-ish. Yeah, well, they've actually, now the latest thing is to go to the National Press Council or oh. engage in law for- Tattling, they're tattling. Yeah. Yeah. They try and get you silenced. Yeah. They can't convince you. They're just trying to tattle about you. Yeah. Keep up the fight. You've got Thank friends you. here at The Rebel. Thank you very All much. All right. There you have it. Sue Ann Levy, just tough as nails, one of our favorite people. I encourage you to follow her column in the Toronto Sun, along with our buddy, Joe Warmington, and others who fight for freedom over there. I'm so glad that she's over there fighting. Stay with us. More ahead on The Rebel. Welcome back. On my monologue yesterday, Liz writes, McCaffrey didn't have to run from that CBC reporter. Well, now, Liz, you could mean so many things by that. You could mean, well, she just had to slowly walk, or you could mean she didn't have to leave at all. I, I'll take both meanings of the word, but more to the point, I don't think that was a news story, uh, except for the fact that the CBC wanted it to be a news story. I wish they would run 
walk, shuffle, stumble, slouch, whatever you want to call it, against Trudeau with all of his candidates' gaps. No luck there. Paul writes, the media party was very biased in the past. Now they've taken it to the point where they're destroying the last shred of credibility they had left. Well, you're right if you think that the media now answers to its readers, its viewers, which is how it traditionally worked. Um, people paid a dollar for a newspaper. People, um, the money came from the people to buy the content, but now, no, 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 no. Now the audience is what's for sale. Facebook has told us, taught us that. YouTube, Google, all the social media has taught us that you are what's for sale. And Justin Trudeau will subsidize the media because he'll own them to get to the viewers. So the remaining journalists in the legacy media, they know who to answer to. They answer to Trudeau, not to their viewers. The viewers are what's for sale. Tyson writes, you are on the right track. Your efforts are well-placed. Go after the lying media, get the truth out there. I teared up the day you announced your election strategy. This might be our last chance. Wow, Tyson, I take that very seriously and I, I thank you for that. Um, we're trying. We're, we're out there. I mean, I just uh, spoke to some of our reporters moments ago before I came in the studio here. We're out there hunting. We're out there doing our best. And I hope in the next 34 days, we'll live up to your expectations. Well, folks, that's our show for today. On behalf of all of us here at Rebel World Headquarters, I want to tell you two things. First of all, we never take free poutine from Justin Trudeau. And second of all, I want you to keep fighting for freedom while we still can. Good night. Good night.